0: This past week was a rather a momentous one for the church. After all, it's not every week that we lay one of our popes to rest. And the funeral of Pope Benedict was even more unprecedented uh, for the fact that he was buried by his own successor. Usually, a pope dies and is buried and then a new pope is elected. But of course, with Pope Benedict's resignation almost 10 years ago, It led to uh, Thursday's Funeral Mass, where Pope Francis presided over the Mass for his predecessor, Pope Benedict. At the time of his election, most media outlets had this kind of caricature of Pope Benedict that they put forth, describing him as just kind of this cold enforcer of church dogma. And it's perhaps understandable, given that he had served for the previous 23 years as the prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. Basically, his job description was to uphold the faith and to call out and correct error whenever it might arise in various theologians' writings and teachings. But then over the eight years of his pontificate, the world began to see a very different man. A man who, yes, was committed with all his heart to the truth of our faith, but who upheld that truth with gentleness and meekness. And humility. He had the heart of a pastor, which is exactly how Pope Francis spoke of him in his homily at the funeral mass on Thursday. So today I wanted to pay tribute, if you will, to Pope Benedict, uh, who I feel a personal debt of gratitude to very much. He was the pope for the second half of my time in the seminary, and during my study of theology, we, in many of our classes, read various writings of his but also because of the great debt that the whole church owes to him for his long life of, of service to the church. And I have some words of his that I want to share with you. He spoke them on one of uh, three opportunities that I had to be in his presence, never in a very personal way, always part of a big crowd. But that opp- the first of those opportunities was in 2005. It was just a few months after he had become pope in August of that year. <laughs> When all of the seminarians of our archdiocese traveled to Cologne, Germany, for World Youth Day. When we signed up for that World Youth Day, we thought we were going to be seeing Pope John Paul II there in Cologne. And as just fate would have it, he passed away in April, and Pope Benedict, a German pope, ended up coming to Germany for that World Youth Day. Cologne is actually where the remains of the three magi are in this beautiful, massive medieval cathedral there in Cologne that was built in the the 1200s, or completed in the 1200s. It took many, many years to build. There's this massive reliquary, this golden reliquary, that holds the remains of the three magi. And so even though World Youth Day occurred nowhere near the Feast of the Epiphany, Pope Benedict spoke to us in one of his addresses about the lessons of This great feast, and that's what I want to share with you, just a few of his reflections. The Holy Father began by noting how surprised the Magi must have been when they finally got to Bethlehem, having followed the star and then consulted with King Herod, looking for this newborn king. Surely they expected to find the child in a royal palace, as a newborn king would be, surrounded by all the trappings of earthly power. But instead, they find a poor family, the child resting in the arms of his mother. And here are some of Pope Benedict's words from that occasion. He said, they, the Magi, had to learn that God is not not as we usually imagine him to be. They were able to see that God's power is not like that of the powerful of this world. God's ways are not as we imagine them, or as we might wish them to be. He does not marshal his divisions alongside other divisions. God did not send 12 legions of angels to assist Jesus in the Garden of Olives. He contrasts the noisy and ostentatious power of this world with the defenseless power of love, which succumbs to death on the cross. God is different. This is what they now come to realize. And it means that they themselves must now become different. They must learn God's ways. How often are we tempted to forsake the Lord or at least complain to him or about him because he doesn't act as we think God should act? Our own lives, perhaps, or world events don't unfold like we think they should unfold, which really means... That we're saying in our hearts, if I were God, this is how things would be. A kind of pridefulness. But not the Magi. They had this profound humility, which enabled them, surprised as they may have been, to have discovered this newborn king in such a poor, humble place. Nonetheless, what does the gospel say? They did when they got there, they prostrated themselves in worship. They didn't seek to tell this new king how he should rule. Just the opposite, in humility, they recognized that they were now called to change themselves, to conform their own hearts to this surprising revelation. They have to begin to live differently, to live those beatitudes that that little infant would one day preach in his Sermon on the Mount. They had to learn that the poor, and those who mourn, and the meek, and those who are persecuted, these are the blessed in the kingdom of this king. The end of the gospel today has this line, they departed for their country by another way. On one level, it simply means the Magi took a different road home because the angel had warned them about Herod seeking the life of the infant king. But in a much deeper level, that line, I think, means that the Magi departed for their country by another way of life. They were changed by their encounter with Christ, and they had to begin to live differently. They allowed him to challenge them to live in another way. In that same reflection, Pope Benedict noted that the Magi were the first in a long line of men and women who allowed their encounter with Christ to radically change their lives. And he said, we call this long line of men and women, the saints. Allow me to share some more words from our Holy Father. The saints and the blessed, he said, did not doggedly seek their own happiness, but simply wanted to give themselves because the light of Christ had shone upon them. They show us the way to attain happiness They show us how to be truly human. Through all the ups and downs of history, they were the true reformers who constantly rescued history from plunging into the valley of darkness. Only from the saints, only from God, does true revolution come, the definitive way to change the world. It's not ideologies that save the world, but only a return to the living God, our Creator, True revolution consists in simply turning to God, who is the measure of what is right, and who at the same time is everlasting love. And what, the Holy Father said, could ever save us apart from love. This morning in this Holy Mass, you and I encounter Christ in a strange and surprising way not wrapped in the glory of his heavenly splendor, but he comes to us as he does every Sunday in the humility of the Holy Eucharist, veiled, hidden under the appearance of bread and wine. And like the Magi, you and I have a choice. We can make this surprising encounter simply our checking off the box of our Sunday obligation, or we can allow this encounter to challenge to convert us, to help us to see that we too are called to humble ourselves like our Lord, to give of ourselves in love to God and our neighbor. We can allow this encounter with him here to make us the saints, the revolutionaries that our world needs. You and I, after our encounter with the Lord here, can, if we choose, like the Magi, to depart for our country today by another way. Let's open our hearts to that grace, and may we learn from the Magi and from Pope Benedict how to do just that, to allow the newborn King to convert our hearts and to make us the saints he desires us to be. St. Patrick, pray for us.